Welcome back, everybody, to episode two of season four of the Pogel podcast. Uh, this season, we are talking about teaching. That means talking to our friends in the Pogel project, but also reaching out to other folks who are doing innovative things in the area of teaching. So with us today is Alex Grushow. Alex? How you doing, Wayne? I'm doing fine. How are you? Just just great. Um, very happy to be here again today. Uh, we're talking with uh, Chris Mayfield uh, from James Madison University. He's in the computer science department there. Um, and he may be a familiar face to people in the Pogel Project because he's got his hands in a lot of other things besides computer science. And also joining me is Jane Snare. I got that right. Is Jane yes. Snare? Okay. Yes. And she's from Zybooks. And uh, Jane and Chris have uh, sort of known each other for a little while. Um, and I'm going to let them each sort of introduce themselves. Tell us a little bit about what you do. Actually, Jane, I'm going to start with you. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and tell us a little bit about Zybooks? Because I think people in the Pogo community may not know. Sure. Thanks, Alex. Um, well, as you said, my name is Jane Snare. And I actually came to Zybooks um, right uh, at the beginning of 2020. Um, mm -hmm. And so formerly, I was with a couple of different universities at their teaching and learning centers. Um, I've had an interest in instructional technology for a very long time. And um, in fact, my master's degree in instructional technology was from one of the very first programs in the United States, which was Wayne State University in Detroit. And I always joke that I turned my final project in on a set of floppy disks. And you just hope that disk number eight doesn't go bad because then my whole my whole uh, right. work would have been uh, unreadable. So that, right. that's how long I've been at this. Um, but like I said, most recently from Seattle University in their Center for Digital Learning and Innovation. But I came to Zybooks, um, like I said, just right before the pandemic broke out in 2020. And um, Zybooks is um, actually digital native material for the STEM disciplines. Um, Zybooks was founded by two computer science professors uh, in California, and they were very concerned, Alex, about the high failure rate of students in introductory computer science courses. And so they felt that teaching computer science could be improved by creating better resources and you know why not take advantage of all that the web has to offer and so they set out to do textbooks differently um so kind of the the key tagline for a zybook is less text more action uh and so not only is zybook a platform you know that we use on the web but Honestly, I don't think that's the magic of Zybooks. I think the magic is the pedagogy. And so that's what we're going to, I think, dive into a little bit deeper. Yeah, here absolutely. Today. Absolutely. And, 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 you know, the, the insight of the founders here that sounds very familiar to most of us in the Pogo project is we got very disheartened with the way students were interacting with material and not 
succeeding at what ought to be sort of like the the thing that pulls students in. Like, you know, the intro courses are things that students should want to be able to do and not the intro course should not be a gatekeeper. So, so, um, Chris, we all know who you are, but there are probably three or four on the podcast who don't know what, what Chris Mayfield is all about. So, um, yeah, just introduce yourself. And then if you could tell us a little bit about what CS Pogle does. Yeah, thank you, Alex. That's, that's very generous of you. I, I'm not sure I'm that famous, but you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm a, I'm Chris Mayfield. I'm a professor in the computer science department at James Madison University in Virginia. And I've been involved with the Pogel project for, I guess, over 10 years now. Um, and most recently in a series of grants, uh, with Helen Hu and, and Cliff Cusmel and others, uh, looking at Pogel in introductory computer science. We, we had the intro CS Pogel project from 2017 to 2022, um, that trained over 50 faculty who came to Pogel workshops and developed a whole bunch of uh, materials for introductory uh, computer science courses in Java and Python. Most recently, we have an NSFIU's grant that's looking at engagement um, in Pogol and other active uh, learning scenarios in the classroom and, and doing a comparative study on engagement patterns. Um, so that's that's what the CS Pogol project is up to right now. Um, what I, I started working with Zybooks part-time uh, to write content for CS books, and that's how I came to know Jane. Uh, Jane works with onboarding new authors and does a lot of professional development and individual and group training with all the authors at Zybook. And so that, that's how I, I came to know Jane. One thing that I've been really interested about this, this past couple of years is what, what I love about Pogol is that it really hits the nail on the head for doing active learning in the classroom in a very structured, um, and research, you know, driven way. And what I like about Zybooks is it does active learning outside of the classroom. And so I, I started seeing a lot of parallels between these two communities of pedagogical uh, principles and techniques. Um, and, and we'll dive into some of those during the podcast today, I'm sure. But I thought, you know, we should start a conversation about the different approaches that we're taking both in the classroom and out of the classroom to engage students and to have them interact with the, the content and the processes in our courses. No, cool. Thank you. So, um, then I guess I'm going to sort of ask Jane, um, has, has Chris fully explained the Pogel process to you or have you come across this in, in your other, uh, you know, other work at other, other institutions? Yeah. So I had heard of Pogel, but I did not know a lot about it. And so, um, I have been, you know, learning myself. I have never seen a Pogel activity in action, unfortunately. Um, and so I just have a surface knowledge. Um, but what I do know is that there, I agree with Chris. It, there seems to be some synergies um, between what Zybooks does and, you know, what happens in a Pogel uh, classroom activity. So I'm anxious to discuss that further. Okay. So, um, so Chris, you've been an author with Zybooks. And so tell us a little bit about how authoring materials for what I'm guessing is interactive online, you know, uh, I'm not going to say textbooks because what was, what was the tagline, Jane, for Zybooks? 
Less text, more action. Okay, so we'll yeah, so we it, call them Zybooks for that reason, right? right okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, so as you develop content for that, how is that different than developing content for a Pogol activity, say? Yeah, that's a great. And question. I'll let e, I'll let both of you jump in on there. So well, well, maybe we should um, start by sharing some of the the ingredients of a Pogol activity and the ingredients of yeah. um, a Zybook section yeah. or chapter of, of a book, for example. Great idea. But one thing we do a lot with Pogol is the the learning cycle. You know, explore, invent, and apply. And and this is the cycle through all of our activities for having students construct their own knowledge. Um, about a concept, uh, whether that be a, you know, a computer science or a chemistry or a math concept. And what we have in the Zybook is, is a slightly different pattern. Um, what we call in the Zybook is say, show, ask. So the book will first say something, um, usually in less than a hundred words. Um, maybe a definition is introduced or a concept is, is given in text. And then the Zybooks will show what that concept is. Uh, usually through an animation, but sometimes through other means like a table or some kind of widget. Uh, and then finally, the, the, the Zybook pattern will then ask questions about what was just shown. And, and that's where I started to see parallels between Pogol and Zybooks, because in a Pogol activity, we have a model that essentially shows a concept uh, visually, and then we ask questions in a learning cycle around that model. Uh, Jane, would you like to add uh, to what I said about Say, Show, Ask? Yeah, so each pattern of Say, Show, Ask should only take a student about 10 minutes to complete. And so that's, you know, managing cognitive load is, I would say, one of our most revered yeah. principles at Zybooks. Um, so very, very small learning chunks. And as Chris was saying, we aggressively, aggressively minimize text as well as like figures and an animation. So the author training um, we do a lot of this because a lot of our authors are coming from academia where they're taught to write differently. Right. And, um, you know, it's, so it's a, it's a much different writing style. And, um, so, so yeah, no, Chris really hit it on the head with say, show, ask, but the purpose of this really is managing cognitive load. Okay. So, um, and I mean, that's something that we also try to aspire to, you know, in the classroom, you want to try to get to two, maybe three major chunks in a, you know, a 50 minute or a 60 minute class time. Right. Um, and so, you know, we break up our activities in like in the chemistry world, we break them up into models. Chris, I think CS, yeah, you kind of do same, same sort of thing. Um so I'm 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 wondering, like, what's interesting here is is as as you sort of describe the cycle, it's a little bit different than the you know the the learning cycle where we present data and have students sort of think about it, discuss it, and then we name it. Whereas here you're actually starting from almost from the other end of it, where we just sort of say something. So can you tell us a little bit about how that model was created? And, you know, give us an, yeah, an example. It definitely was an evolution, Alex. Um, you know, in the in the early, early days of Zybooks, they they had this idea, but they didn't have a name for it. 
And the, the framework was not as strictly enforced as it is today. Um, no, Pogo was the same way, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we've, we've gotten better in our structure as we've learned more about what students do. So, you know, that sounds very familiar. That's that's exactly right. We have to to learn it and grow. But um, you know, the the say is really very very concise, and so that is one difference between Pogel and a Zybook. Um, we do start with definitions, trying to set the context, um, and also though trying to answer the why. Like as a student, why should I engage with this? little chunk of content? Why is it important to me? And, you know, as we all know, this is very important for adult learners, especially. Mm -hmm. They need to understand, you know, how does this apply in my real life? Um, The, so, so like I said, that is one place where I think we, we diverge a little bit, you know, in just how this is, is started. But once we get to the model, you know, that Chris was, was talking about in a POGOL activity, I think we align pretty tightly. Um, our animations, our visual representations, the animation pace is controlled by the student. Um, so it's made up of a series of steps. It's definitely not a video. Um, and that's okay. an intentional decision um, that we've made. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we try and do is in an animation is teach um, by unveiling things, moving things, right. um, uh, resizing things. And so all of those things that, you know, kind of go into what you couldn't do in a textbook, you know, with just a right. flat static figure, we try and take advantage of of the web and our um, our uh, animation builder to right. to be able to show those types of things. And um, so, and so then, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I'll finish oh, okay. Well, I was going to say then our ask part. We haven't really talked too much about that. It is a set of learning questions. But they're not meant for assessment whatsoever. Um, Because our say is so short, Chris was saying 100 words-ish, we have to have a way to convey information. And so our our question sets are really meant to be interactive learning, um, not assessments. They are completely formative in nature. We also, in those question sets, we're super particular about the explanations that students get. Um, Our explanations, and Chris can talk about this maybe a little bit in learning how to write a Zybook explanation, Um, it's it's really tough. Um, It has to explicitly state why that answer choice is right or wrong. We almost hope that that the students get their first choice wrong. Because yeah, that yeah, gives it, us it, an opportunity for more yeah. feedback. So right. more learning, more more, more learning. growth, more growth. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So um so does your does the Zybook interface? Is that you know, is it really an interface? Is yeah. are, is, yeah, is that actually, the web browser and yeah. So but is is that like evaluating students' answers when they're to the ask part? in some way or? Yes. In fact, so, and like Jane was saying, 
the, the, the questions are really a way to have active learning happen while they're reading. So right. you, we, we try to teach students, not only do you answer the question, but read the explanation to the answer. In a traditional textbook, that might be in the narrative. Right. But now, like, new information is being introduced through the questions as a form of interacting with the content. Right. Now, I want to compare this to Pogol a little bit because, you know, we have two different sort of scenarios. Like, the Pogol environment is in a classroom with – or, you know, in an online classroom, right? But you're interacting with other people. And a lot of the learning, in, in my opinion, that happens in Pogol is through those verbal and nonverbal interactions with your peers. Right. And, you're going beyond what the questions are asking and engaging with the content in, in your self-managed teams. Right. Um, now that doesn't happen when you're reading a book, like reading the book is sort of a, a solitary experience generally, but on, on the flip side, that I think that's why we diverge with Zybooks and Pogo, like with the right. say, go ask versus explore, invent, apply. Mm -hmm. With a textbook, you have to sort of say something to get that process started for the individual to engage. And instead of inter interacting with peers where you're talking about the content verbally, you're interacting with animations and questions that's driving the process of going deeper and unveiling um, information in an incremental manner. So I right. think that that parallel is still the same, even though the, the, like, the, the scenario where that's happening is different. So I want to I would just sort of ask a question about these uh, show slash animation or whatever. Um Many of our listeners who are in, you know, the physical sciences probably very familiar with FET simulations. Um, and I don't know if that's something you're familiar with, Jane. Um, it was started out of a group of physicists at, in Colorado. Um, they basically have these simulations for, you know, like electromagnetic radiation or, you know, any kind of physics problems. Um, but, you know, they've moved out into chemistry and even a little bit into biology and, and that sort of thing. They're, they have these simulations that are, you know, they're all web-based. They've all it used to be on Java, but they've converted it to HTML5 now. Um, and, but they're just blank slate animations. You can build some lessons around them. Mm -hmm. um, and so many of the Pogol people in the Pogo community have basically built, you know, their own activities around a FET simulation. They're, they're freely available if you go to their website. So is it, is it, I'm wondering if that's something similar to what you're doing here where you have this animation, is that show part the central piece to this, or is it really the say part is the central piece or is something else? Yeah. Um, so Alex, I would definitely say that the show is a central piece to the, the Zybooks pedagogy. But mm -hmm. I would, I would say that the learning questions are right up there as well. Um, okay. if I had to, to rank them, I would actually say that the say component is last. Okay. Um, because it is so brief. It's just a, a very short introduction. You know, and like we've said before, we do cover some definitions. If definitions are needed, you know, they are in that say section. So, um, so definitely the, the animations are central to what we're trying to do, but along with the learning questions. Right. So, so the idea there, I think then from what I'm, what I'm hearing is that it's in the way the questions are asked and what the expectations of the response are, where you're really hoping 
most of the learning is going to be. And and they're focused on specific aspects of the animation. And Chris is nodding his head while I'm saying that. Well, just so that people I can listen. add a little yeah. detail to that as well. So all of the questions, you get immediate feedback when you answer. You know, there's multiple mm-hmm. choice questions, fill in the blank questions, drag and drop questions, um, like, you know, matching and, and, and other question types. And, and always it's not just right or wrong. It's an explanation of why this answer is correct, assuming that someone guessed perhaps, or an explanation of why this answer is incorrect and, and then direction to, you know, how, like pushing the student in the direction to the, to the correct answer when they try again. Um, and so, you know, I, I think the optimal student would click on every answer and read every feedback, but I mean, <laughs> Students aren't going to do that intrinsically, right? Right. Some, yeah, some some will do that just so that they can find the right answer. Right, right. But, but I mean, if you know, taking if you take it seriously and and don't just robotically go through, you know, the, the book, um, there's there's a lot of opportunity for for reflection and self assessment and and some other process skills that you know we talk about in the Pogo community. I will mm-hmm. also add that the questions themselves have a a pattern to them as well. Um, we, we use the words review, explore, expand when we talk about writing questions. So like maybe those first few questions are reviewing what was just shown, much like an explore question in the EIA cycle. Right. Um, the middle questions might go deeper to introduce a new subconcept that has not yet been presented. And, and you learn that by being challenged with, you know, a question about that. And then expand is more of a divergent question using Pogo lingo where we're going into an even bigger area that, that may not be central perhaps, but, but, it, but follows right. naturally from the series of questions prior to that. So, so these questions really do sound like, you know, almost a similar pattern to what we have in, in a, in a series of questions that would go with a model in a Pogo activity. But if, if I'm understanding this correctly, they really are designed for students to be able to do them on their own. Is that right? That is correct. Yes. Right. Now, is there, and again, maybe I'm sort of digging a little deeper into what is available through Zybooks, but like, is there then a place for students to sort of apply their understanding or sort of go expand a little bit further? There is, Alex. So the the one piece that we haven't talked about, well, there's more than one, but one that we haven't talked about um, would be challenge activities, which is our form of assessment. And so challenge activities would come after, you know, maybe three, we call them subsections. The say, show, and ask is a subsection. So mm-hmm. once a student has gone through maybe three to five subsections, they're presented with a challenge activity. And these would be, like I said, more for assessment, their homework, and they are the application questions. Um, they're mastery based so that a student cannot go to the next level before they get um, the question correct. And our challenge activities are also al- algorithmically generated so that. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that, mm-hmm. you know, they're not going to get the same question as their roommate. Right. Um, yeah. And, it, but it also, I think on a more positive spin to that, it allows the student to practice, right, in in different scenarios. So so we have the challenge activities. And then also in some disciplines, we have hands-on labs. 
Um, so if it's a computer science course, we have a built-in uh, integrated development environment, an IDE, um, for the students to actually practice coding without going out to, you know, some external site. It's all right. built into the Zybooks platform. Okay. All right. So, Jane, all this sounds in, uh, really interesting. The uh, I guess my question next is... So what ties all these things together? I mean, is it, it so there's an assessment piece that instructors can use for this as well, where like after they've done a, a couple of these little subgroups, you said? Yeah, exactly. So um, a couple of types of assessments would be our, our challenge activities um, that are mastery based algorithmically generated and usually, you know, kind of higher on the Bloom's taxonomy mm -hmm. uh, scale, if, if you will, um, application types of questions. We also ask the students um, in some disciplines to um, actually code, you know, so we have an integrated development environment built right into Zybooks. It's called Zylabs. Um, so, you know, one of the key features of a Zybook is that students don't have to open up you know, three different resources. Everything is just built into, it's all integrated. It's built right. into one platform. Um, so in terms of what disciplines we are currently in, um, as I said, we got our start in computer science, quickly expanded to math, um, most recently um, engineering, data science, and IT. Okay. Interesting. So um, there's an opening for, for, for like, cause you know, the Pogo project started out of chemistry right. and <clears throat> excuse me, we've moved into, you know, some biology, we've moved into computer science, obviously, and we've moved into mathematics. Um, and there, you know, there's, I mean, we're actually developing into humanities as well. I'm just sort of wondering what do you in, what, what does Zybooks envision you know, moving into like next. I mean, is is are there plans to explore other other arenas? We're always exploring other arenas, Alex. Um, mm -hmm. Immediately, we are focused on doing those five disciplines really, mm -hmm. really well. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but you know, like I said, we're always exploring and. Um, you know, a number of different disciplines have come up in my short time at Zybooks, and we've done, you know, a lot of research into um, other topics. And so, you know, I'm not sure what the future will hold, but for for this this very moment today, we're focusing on those five disciplines because we want to be the best. Right. Gotcha. So, um, Chris, I want to come back to you. And so, you know, we've we've sort of described what all of the things are in Zybooks, and you know, again, people know the Pogo framework, and as we sort of talked about, there are definitely some synergies, some ways that students can uh, utilize, you know, Pogo in the classroom and Zybooks, you know, as their resource outside of the class. I'm guessing you use this, yes, to, to some degree. So, can you tell us how that interaction works? among your students and like, is there the ability to do some, you know, cross fertilization? Like, you know, in my class, in my chemistry class, I'll say, well, in section seven, we talked about pH 
And now we're going on to looking at buffers. There's a chemistry stuff reference there for you, Jane. So, um, <laughs> but um, the, you know, so I have reference material for what's going on in the activity. Is that, is that the same, you doing the same sort of thing in your Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. our, our textbook that we adopt in, in our introductory CS course is the Python Zybook. Um, okay. and that is the reading that is assigned that students complete during the week. I would say like many Pogol practitioners, I do the Pogol activity first as mm -hmm. the first introduction to content. Right. So I, I want the students engaging with each other and with me and with, with, you know, team to team in the classroom as they grapple with a new idea for the first time. And then when they go to the book and they read those definitions, like in the say sections, and they watch those animations, that's then going deeper in, into what was previously introduced. And also, of course, I don't teach every single concept in class. There's not enough time for that. And so, you know, the Pogo activities are focused on the ones where I want to get the largest return on investment, spending class time uh, on those more sort of difficult or more um, fundamental concepts, right? Right, right. And so then they, they go engage with the Zia book, they come back to class the next time, and we might have either some kind of interactive uh, lab activity or interactive lecture that, that goes deeper based on what the Pogo activity introduced. So I, I, to me, it's just a drop-in replacement for a, like a, a static textbook, right? Right, right. But but, but the goal is, uh, what, what I like about it is it has some of the same and, and perhaps others that complement the, the pedagogical approaches that we've adopted in the Pogo community. So it's, it's, it's right. a nice marriage of the two, I would say. <laughs> yeah, it, it also sounds like there are some tools in there where you can, you know, again, I, I, I try not to be big brother-like in what my students are doing, but at the same time, you can perhaps monitor their progress through things. Um, Absolutely, right? So and it, it, I, it I find it's Everything is fundamental read level. and how long they spend reading yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, but at the fundamental, you know, in the, in that, in that first course, you, you need to make sure that the students know how to do the college stuff right. You know, and so being able to make sure that, you know, students are progressing in their reading again with a static textbook, I have no idea, you know, so. Right. Um, Alex, just to mm -hmm. kind of play off of what you just said, um, mm -hmm. we do a lot of research at Zybooks. And one thing that I think speaks to what you were just saying is we actually found that students spend more time reading, and I, I use the term reading in air quotes, um, reading a Zybook than a traditional text, mm -hmm. even though that traditional text has a lot more words. <laughs> right. So right. reading rates for long text passages, we found there was no way that they could have actually read in a deep way that amount right. of text in that yeah, amount no, of time. I, so they were just skimming. Yeah. Um, but when there was less text, students mm -hmm. were actually spending more time with it. So hopefully that indicates careful reading and engagement. Well, I mean, one of the things that um, some of my chemistry colleagues have found as we have worked on various forms of textbook development, either whether they be, um, uh, you know, you know, we, some of us have used Libre texts. Um, as a way, to, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but that is another online platform where you can plug content. But we've been finding that the material that has, you know, less reading 
and more diagrams with questions afterwards, again, sort of similar to what, what you're describing in Zybooks, generally gets used better than, you know, long passages of text because it, you know, and I think it comes back to something you said at the very beginning, cognitive load on trying to be able to read and understand this material, whatever it might be, whether it is, you know, intro CS or quantum mechanics, you know, so. I couldn't agree more, Alex. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think my experience uh, just, and I've, I've been working very, very much part-time, <laughs> but, you know, in addition to my full professor time job, but uh, my experience doing a little bit of writing with Cybooks as an organiz- as a company as organization is is really transform a lot of my writing in other areas and mm-hmm. I want to go back and like reduce the amount of text in my polgal activities again to reduce cognitive <laughs> yeah. load and, yeah. and and try to use some of these principles in in, in terms of you know the, giving like in, introducing ideas through questions to students and and try to drive that in the team interactions as well so. Well, I mean, I have to say from my own personal experience of being an author of both activities and laboratory work, anytime you sort of look at things from a different lens, it sort of gives you a little bit, I mean, you know, it gives you a clearer idea of how am I really going to be able to get to my students and get them to understand the the key idea of this particular chunk. Um yeah, so I, I really appreciate the time that both of you have taken today. Um, you know, neither Wayne nor myself have taken any uh, donations or anything from Zybooks. This is not a paid advertisement for it. Um, but I'm going to go have to check this out a little bit more uh, down the line because um, just the ideas that have been presented here sort of give me some, some more uh, functional knowledge of how I might want to present things outside the classroom. Um, so I really appreciate the time that uh, Chris and Jane have spent with us today just to describe what they're doing together. Thank you very much. Thank Glad you. To be here. Thank you. Well, that's all I got for today, Wayne. I'm going to send it back to you. Well, thanks, Alex. And thanks to our guests for just a great conversation. I think we all know more about Zybooks now and hopefully Zybooks knows more about Pogel, which is really one of the reasons that we decided to do this topic this season uh, it was to connect with organizations that might be a little different than Pogel, but might share the common goals of innovative teaching. So uh, that's it for episode two of season four of the Pogel podcast. We will be back in about a month with episode three. So we hope you keep listening. Bye bye, everybody. Mm-hmm.